Sick Boy Podcast is a health and comedy show about what it's like to be sick. Wait, is that right? How can illness be funny? You'd be surprised. Okay. Sick Boy is hosted by me, Brian Stever. And me, Taylor McGilvery. And myself, Jeremy Saunders. Come on in and join us to melt your heart, learn something fascinating, and bust a belly laugh. Trust us, you'll be glad you did. You can find Sick Boy on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your pods. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Do you know how much sodium you eat in a day? The World Health Organization recently weighed in on the health risks of too much salt. And it turns out that most Canadians consume something close to twice as much salt as they should. So for the good of our health, we're asking, how can I cut down on salt in my diet? Hi, Samantha. Welcome to The Dose. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me on the show today. Great to have you. I just wanted to ask you, you know, to what extent do you track the salt that you eat in a typical day? You know, I don't actually do any tracking per se. As a dietitian, I do tend to read food labels before I bring foods into the house. But, you know, just like most people, I I, I might find myself overindulging at times. And I think, you know, I, I like a good salty treat every now and then too. So um, I'm not immune to, to getting salt and, and sodium in my diet in general. What are some of your salty pleasures? Oh boy, I, I like a, a sweet and salty combination. That's my absolute favorite. So that Chicago mixed popcorn with like oh, oh, caramel oh, oh, and oh, cheese, yeah. that's that's my kryptonite. <laughs> kryptonite, I like that. And, and a little bit of salted caramel. I, that's what I like. Sounds like you're the perfect person to, to to have this conversation. But before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Sure. So my name is Samantha Shabior. I'm a registered dietitian at a cardiology clinic in a Toronto hospital. And I also run a website called The Heart Healthy Plate. So my work is really focused on helping people make heart healthy food choices. And and that's going to come into our conversation. That's very important because of the strong link between salt intake and cardiovascular disease, which we will get into in just a moment. But I want to begin with that World Health Organization WHO report that says Canadians on average eat just under two teaspoons of salt per day. Uh, while the WHO recommends eating uh, only or consuming only one teaspoon. So first of all, in general terms, what are Canadians eating that puts them so out of line with the World Health Organization? Well, you know, majority of the sodium in Canadians' diets is actually coming from processed and restaurant foods. So more than 70% of the sodium in our diets is actually coming from those food sources. I think most people assume it's coming from table salt, um, but that's actually contributing a much smaller amount of sodium to our diets. So those are the types of foods that are really driving up our sodium intake. And when you talk to your patients, and I'm assuming these are patients who are either at risk of strokes and heart attacks or perhaps had them, congestive heart failure, when you, when you talk to them, what's their reaction when you, when you explain how little salt they should be consuming? I think for most people, they are quite surprised. Um, a, a common response I get is, wow, why is there so much sodium in the foods that I'm eating, um, especially restaurant foods, which can be quite shocking. If, you know, if our, our limit is under one teaspoon of table salt a day, it's, it's easy and common to have that much in an entire meal or more in a restaurant meal. So I think that that's often a big surprise for people. Do you happen to know why the World Health Organization chose that five grams per day number? 
Yeah, well, we know that having too much salt is not good for our health. So uh, obviously, especially our, our cardiovascular health, as, as you uh, alluded to earlier. Um, and this goal of less than five grams of salt per day or, or little less than a, a teaspoon of table salt can actually help lower our risk of negative health outcomes by lowering blood pressure and reducing risk of heart attack and stroke. So really, that's the main benefit of achieving this target is that it helps lower blood pressure. And I think, you know, in, in the report, it's quite fascinating. They actually call sodium reduction measures a life-saving strategy, which is, you know, kind of shows how important this topic really is. Which is why we're talking about it. But before we talk about the dangers of salt and the need to cut back, can you remind us why salt is important? Why do we need sodium chloride? Yeah. So like you just mentioned, so salt is made up of sodium and chloride. So about 40% of salt is actually sodium. And we often use the word salt and sodium interchangeably, but really it's it's sodium um, that is an essential nutrient for our bodies to function. So that means we do need to get some sodium in our bodies to work properly. And, and sodium is involved in muscle and nerve function and in regulating the amount of fluid and minerals in our body. So we really can't live without some sodium sodium in our diet. Is there any danger? I mean, I've certainly seen patients in the emergency department who have low sodium uh, hyponatremia. So just briefly, what are, what are some of the dangers of consuming too little salt? Yeah, so definitely there is a risk uh, if you eat too little salt because, you know, it is involved in so many important functions of the body. But for the from for majority of people, it's quite uncommon to get too little salt in the in the diet because we don't need too much sodium for a body um, to, to function. So it's actually easy to get the minimum requirements. But there are certain cases, like you mentioned, where people might need to worry about getting too little salt. So certain medical conditions or medications, older adults, definitely if you're having a lot of increased losses of sodium, so diarrhea, vomiting, excessive sweating. Um, but in general, the, the concern for most people is getting too much salt because as you mentioned, you know, most Canadians are getting more than double the recommended daily amount of sodium. What are some of the biggest hidden sources of sodium in the foods that we tend to love to consume? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I think that most people first associate sodium with table salt, but in reality, more than 70% of the sodium in our diets is coming from those processed, packaged, and restaurant foods. Um, so really the three key big categories of foods that contribute the most sodium to our diets are bakery products, these mixed dishes, and processed meats. So bakery products are going to be things like our breads, muffins, crackers, and cookies. And I think that's really the, the one that surprises most people because these foods don't actually taste very salty. Um, so I like to kind of call them sneaky sources of sodium because they're really unexpected. Um, our mixed dishes are going to be like pizza, lasagna, frozen dinners, and then processed meats, so sausages, deli meats. Um, and then in addition, we've got your soups and cheese and sauces and condiments that also are big contributors to our diets. What about breakfast cereals? Yeah, those are actually, they can vary quite a bit, um, but they can be actually surprisingly sometimes high in sodium too. And what is happening inside our bodies when we eat too much salt? Sodium actually makes our body hold on to water. So when we eat too much sodium, it can cause extra fluid to be pulled into our blood vessels and putting that extra pressure on our blood vessels. So over time, this can lead to damage to the blood vessels, making them harden and stiffen. And that can lead to high blood pressure or also known as hypertension over time. 
And so, so high blood pressure, when I think high blood pressure, I think heart attacks and strokes uh, are those the two biggest uh, uh, health conditions that we need to worry about? Absolutely. Those are the biggest risks um, when it comes to getting too much sodium. You know, in addition to that, there is also research linking too much sodium to stomach cancer and osteoporosis. Um, So there are many benefits to cutting back on our salt intake. Um, And the interesting thing is, I think a lot of people also ask me, you know, what if I have normal blood pressure? Is this still important to me? Um, and, And even, you know, the answer is yes. Even generally healthy people with normal blood pressure benefit from less sodium to lower their risk of these chronic diseases. And I would add uh, congestive heart failure, heart failure yes. uh, to, to, to the list of, of conditions that that could be precipitated by, by too much salt. I guess I'm, now I want to drill down to, to some of the advice that you're giving people when you're telling them, you know, they've had a stroke or they've, they've had a heart attack or they've got severe high blood pressure. What are you telling them about salt consumption and what that can do uh, to, to the conditions that they already have? Yeah, absolutely. So it it can definitely worsen these conditions. So you mentioned heart failure, hypertension. So these particular conditions are affected and made worse by having too much salt in the diet. So just how I mentioned, you know, sodium uh, causes that fluid retention, an increase in blood pressure. So these groups really would need to pay extra uh, careful attention to the sodium in their diet. Um, And of course, if someone's had a heart attack or a stroke, um, these are important considerations uh, for them to to take into account in the future as well for their diet. When I was listening to the to the list of, of foods, particularly the sneaky foods that you were talking about that contain too much salt, I'm all, I was also wondering whether they're also high in fats, trans fats, sugars, and you know, is there a kind of a double whammy to your health to consuming these that it's not just the salt, but it may be something else in the food uh, that's also putting your health at risk? Absolutely. You know, many of these processed foods are are not just high in sodium or or salt, but also the fats and the sugars. Um, They tend to be quite devoid of those good beneficial nutrients like fiber and vitamins and minerals. So there's definitely, um, I think, a a complex picture at play here Um, and and a combination of of the high sodium with with some of these kind of less desirable nutrients can definitely put people at risk for weight gain and, uh, you know, diabetes. So I think that it's a complex um, kind of situation for sure, but uh, many of these foods tend to be high in, in, in sodium and other nutrients such as sugar and saturated fat, like you mentioned. We're talking about uh, salt in a vacuum or by itself. And people aren't equal. They don't bring the same genetic risks to to the and other risks for that matter to to the table. So are there some people who are more at risk than others when it comes to to salt intake where there are some people who need to be more careful and perhaps some people don't have to be as careful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so definitely, uh, you know, there, there may be this genetic component to how people are responding to salt. So call them kind of salt sensitive. Um, so these people may experience a greater increase in blood pressure if they if they have have a higher amount of sodium. And, and so they may benefit more from that reduction in sodium. And, and in general, overall, you know, we all benefit to sticking within the sodium limit, but perhaps certain people may be even at higher risk when it comes to the excess sodium intake. Hey, I'm Tom Power. I'm the host of the podcast Q. 
with Tom Power, where we talked to all kinds of artists, actors, writers, musicians, painters. We had Green Day on the other day talking about their huge album, American Idiot. Nicole Byer came on to talk about ADHD and comedy. And then there's Dan Levy. While we were talking about filmmaking, we talked about his insecurities. I sometimes feel like I have this desire to, like, perform, to be a version of myself that people might like. Listen to Q with Tom Power to hear your favorite artists as they truly are, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's talk about your advice. How how do you get people to begin the process of cutting down on salt? Yeah, so the, the most simple answer, which is unfortunately not that simple to, to implement in reality, but in theories is simple, is to try and cook more at home and trying to use those minimally processed ingredients. So trying to limit how often we eat at restaurants is also very key. Focusing on our whole foods, so whole fruits, veggies, our whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds, and then unprocessed meat, poultry, and fish. So um, those are really going to be key. And then I also think it's really important to get in the habit of tasting our food before we add salt to it. So many people just, you know, add the salt shaker uh, before they actually even taste their food. Usually it's salty enough. Um, and then definitely becoming a salt savvy consumer. So get comfortable with reading food labels. That's a key part of the education I provide in, in my practice. Food labels in Canada actually require the sodium content of the food to be listed. And the percent daily value on the nutrition facts table is really helpful in understanding the sodium content of foods. So the percent daily value can tell you if there's a little or a lot of a nutrient in the food. And when you see 5% or less for sodium, that means the food is low in sodium. And if it contains more than 15% of the daily value, that means it's high in sodium. So this can be a really great way to cut down on high sodium processed foods. So that's what you're doing while you're grocery shopping. What about if you're going out to eat? Can you assume that you're going to be consuming more more sodium, more salt? Uh, or are there menu items that you can pick that might be lower in salt? Yeah, when you're going out to eat at restaurants, it is challenging to stay within that limit for sure. It's, you know, they're notoriously high in sodium. And, and oftentimes I'm even shocked at how high in sodium these meals can be. Even surprising things like salads can actually be high in sodium. So, you know, I, I think rather than kind of generalizing, you know, this food tends to be lower in sodium, um, you know, being aware of what are those hidden sources of sodium that could be adding extra salt to our diet. So whether it's the bread, that are part of our appetizer or our dips, um, if there's sauces or gravies, trying to ask for those on the side. Those are little tips that people can implement if they're going out to eat. If there is nutrition information available online, try and check it out before you go to the restaurant too. That's a really key uh, piece of advice. Is it helpful to look at your total daily salt uh, intake so that if you are indulging in a restaurant meal, you can cut back for the rest of the day and, and maybe things would even out? You know, I think that all all foods can really fit. I mean, obviously, with certain medical conditions, we might need to tweak things a little bit more, kind of reduce the portions and the frequency. If we're using that percent daily value that I mentioned to guide our food choices, and we're mostly choosing 
foods that have less than 5% of the daily value for sodium or minimally processed and we're mostly cooking at home, that will definitely leave some more room in our diet for higher sodium foods or meals. Um, You know, so it's okay to go out sometimes with friends or family and enjoy ourselves or have a salty treat. You know, I mentioned my Chicago mix popcorn that I love. It's definitely a normal part of healthy eating, but just being careful with the amount and how frequent we have it is really the key. So how frequent is safe? Because you know, I know people who have a fast food meal every day. Yeah, I don't think that there's going to be, you know, one rule that's going to work for everyone. Um, I usually say, however little you can have while still enjoying your life, you know, what is the lowest you can go? Um, That is the number we should aim for. Also, if we do have to eat out more often, I'm thinking about our truck drivers, for example, or people that travel often, and they have to rely on some of these meals, you know, trying to make a conscious effort to choose the low sodium options. um, I think that will definitely have a big impact. Home cooking, certainly, from what you've said, um, is is the safest option or it allows the safest potential or the biggest potential for, for reducing sodium in your diet. Um, you know, I'm thinking about how tasteless food might seem when you really start to cut back salt. Are there substitutes that you can use that can add flavor to your meal without uh, without the salt? Absolutely. It's definitely possible to add flavor without salt. And, you know, we definitely want to enjoy our foods. That's that's a part of life is just enjoying our food. Some people are foodies. They can't imagine sacrificing flavor. You don't have to sacrifice flavor when you reduce salt. In fact, I think many people find they certain flavors are enhanced when they're kind of cutting back the salt. So some, some little tips that you can use when you're actually cooking at home is using some acidic ingredients. So things like vinegar, lemon, lemon zest. Um, Um, aromatics, so things that smell really nice when you cook them up, like ginger, garlic, and onion, um, fresh and dried herbs and spices um, that we mix up ourselves. There are also mixed seasoning blends that are salt-free already, Um, so pre-mixed for veggies or meat, and for some people, potassium salt substitutes. So we talked about sodium chloride being salt, Um, so there's salts made from potassium chloride, and those could be an alternative as well. It's also important to be aware of like other sources of of sodium that uh, you know could be coming in. So things like sauces and condiments, so soy sauce. And then if you do cook with salt, because inevitably we're allowed to have some salt in our diet, may, maybe measuring it out and trying to use less. Maybe start by cutting down by just a quarter of a teaspoon in your cooking, and and then kind of go from there. And, you know, we had we had another guest on uh, a, a few months back. Uh, who said that, you know, one way to cut out, you know, if you like sweet tastes and, and you're trying to cut artificial sweeteners out of your out of your diet, if you do it gradually, it's a lot easier. Are you saying it's the same thing when it comes to salt? Yes, I think most people would find that gradual reduction tends to be easier. Um, so cutting down a little by little, the small changes really do add up. Um, we don't have to go all or nothing. Of course, there are certain medical conditions that might warrant us to try and cut it out a little bit faster to get you know, maybe our blood pressure down or, or whatnot. But um, gradual approaches do tend to be maybe the most well tolerated or, or enjoyable for people, but you know, over time we, we do adapt to this uh, lower sodium amount. What we're talking about here is is voluntarily reducing salt in your diet, and right now there are no 
government restrictions on how much salt can be put into food. Would that, would that help? Some groups are certainly pushing for a reduction in salt contained in, in processed foods. Do you think that would help? Yeah, you're right. So currently Health Canada only has these voluntary sodium reduction targets um, for certain processed foods. And and there's the mandatory declaration um, to declare how much sodium is in a food on the food label. And we know that with these voluntary policies, they've been in place for some time now. But unfortunately, we haven't seen a big reduction in the sodium content of our processed foods. Um, So the WHO actually encouraged government-led mandatory sodium reduction policies in their report. because they've been shown to be more effective than these voluntary policies, um, in addition to you know these other measures, of course. But um, I think you know if we we were to ask food companies to voluntarily reduce the salt in these foods, they may have concerns about how it might affect consumer demand for the product. So if we have these mandatory sodium reduction policies in place, then it could kind of level the playing field for all of the food companies. And then it just makes it that much easier for Canadians to get less sodium in their diets. We started early on by me asking you about, about the patients that you counsel and how surprised they are when, they, uh, when they're told how little salt they should be consuming. When you do advise them, do they take your advice? I would say that majority of the people that I see are quite motivated to make changes. You know, if someone suffered a heart attack or a stroke, you're you're kind of in a different mindset. Um, so motivation tends to be pretty high for most people. I think for for everyone, it, it can be challenging to cut back because sodium is found in in so many different foods. So uh, and it tastes good. You know, we like the taste of it. So it can be hard to reduce. Um, and also, you know, our our incomes can be um, playing a role too. These processed foods tend to be usually a little bit cheaper, more more affordable. So depending on someone's income or lifestyle, it might not be as feasible to cook more at home. But I would say for most people, they're able to reduce their sodium and they don't find, you know, that it's uh, too painful. Uh, eventually, they do get used to, uh, to this uh, less salt in their diet. Uh, it sounds like uh, you don't hit people over the head. Uh, just beginning the conversation by thinking about the salt that you consume in your diet uh, puts you on the path to to reducing it. Do you think I'm right? Yes, for sure. You know, I think just getting the ball rolling and... I think once people have their eyes open to how much sodium is in their foods, they're they're pretty open to making changes. Um, but I think the voluntary changes that's that's definitely a, a big component of what I am obviously focused on in, in my work. But um, these mandatory practices or mandatory uh, reduction policies, I should say, they could definitely make it just easier for most people because the foods that they would be buying are already lower in sodium. Well, Samantha, I want to thank you for uh, laying out the case for reducing salt in our diets, and you certainly got me convinced. And I want to thank you for speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me. Samantha Shabior is a registered dietitian in Toronto. Here's your dose of smart advice. Canadians consume just over 9 grams of salt per day, nearly twice as much as recommended by the World Health Organization. Only about 12% of our daily intake of sodium comes from the salt shaker, the lion's share. Roughly three-quarters of our salt intake comes from processed and restaurant foods, especially fast food. Foods do not have to taste salty to be high in sodium. Bakery items like breads, muffins, bagels, and even breakfast cereals are among the culprits. Salt contributes to high blood pressure by pulling fluid into our blood vessels, causing them to stiffen. 
high blood pressure can lead to strokes and heart disease. Too much salt can also affect the health of your bones. Although people with a family history of high blood pressure are at greater risk, it's important that everyone reduce their intake of salt. The most effective thing you can do to lower salt intake is to have fewer restaurant meals and to prepare more of your meals from scratch at home. Try cutting down on processed foods and on hidden sources of salt like baked goods and cereals. Read the labels of prepared foods you buy. Any foods that contain 5% or less of your daily sodium intake are low in salt. If you want to add some taste to your meals, try adding ground pepper, vinegar, lemon, fresh or dried herbs and spices, garlic, onion, or ginger. Changing your eating habits takes some getting used to. The payoff in terms of better health could be life-saving. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. The Dose was produced this week by Isabel Gallant. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.